When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And that's what leads to this email we got from Ari. Ari, talking about our third base podcast, says, I'm surprised neither of you mentioned Jose Ramirez as an option at third base. Now, before I get into his email, because he wrote a whole email about Jose Ramirez, let's be fair about this. The reason we're not mentioning Jose Ramirez is because we don't think there's a chance in hell they're going to trade him. Remember, Jose Ramirez signed a seven-year, $140 million deal, which is a steal of a contract because he wanted to stay in Cleveland. He had no interest going anywhere else, and he signed until 2028, and that is an incredibly reasonable contract. The Cleveland Guardians, I would think, have zero interest in trading the guy. Would I trade for him, even though his body feels like one that won't age well? I still would because as much as I can say, oh, I don't think his body's going to age well, you also have to follow the facts. And the facts of Jose Ramirez are very similar to Pete Alonso. He plays every day, every single day. He's got an incredible track record, really over the life of his career, where he's playing 150 games every single season, every single season. And he's putting up really good production. And he's doing it as a switch-hitting third baseman. So you don't have to sell me on Jose Ramirez. I I just don't think there's any chance that they would deal him. But I want to hear Ari out. Here are the pros of trading for Jose Ramirez. I think we already know them, but you know what? He put together a long email. I want to show him the respect. His familiarity with playing on the left side of the infield with Lindor, so you know there's great chemistry there. They loved playing together. Four-time Silver Slugger. Multiple-time Gold Glove finalist. Has five years left on a contract at a reasonable number, $21 million. Tito Francona retired, so maybe the Guardians will look to rebuild. Mauricio will probably never be the defender Ramirez is, but if Ramirez loses a step later on, he could move to DH, and Mauricio could move to third base, and Acuna, Jet Williams, is ready to play second base. Here are the cons. He's 31, so he's not that young. You'd have to trade for him. We'd be seeing Beatty and Andres Jimenez pulling off double plays and growing in Cleveland, and we'd have that what-if feeling. By the way, the con of Beatty and Jimenez being in Cleveland is not that big of a con. I'm not giving up on Brett Beatty, but if I literally had a realistic chance to get Jose Ramirez and Brett Beatty was the centerpiece of the deal, I mean, I'd be driving him to Cleveland. The, The con is the fact that he's not available. And I don't buy that Cleveland's going to blow the whole thing up. I think they retool. 
and Ramirez is the one guy that they're keeping, because Shane Bieber's probably gone at the end of the season, and we've seen guys come and go in Cleveland a lot. They, they act like a mid-to-small-market team. But Ramirez wanted to stay, and that's why he signed such a ridiculously team-friendly contract, and I don't hold that against him. Good for him. Guy wanted to stay in Cleveland. I don't think any of us thought there would be a human being that would want to stay in Cleveland, but Jose Ramirez did. So I don't look at him as a realistic option. The trade market is interesting because we don't really know who's available via trade. Like, there's a rumor coming out of Chicago that the Cubbies are talking about Bo Bichette. Like, who would have thought Bo Bichette would be available via trade? But my rule for trades right now with the Mets is I am only interested in trading for guys that are signed long-term or have control over for the next multiple seasons. Now, Bieber, Burns, what about those guys? If I'm not giving up a massive return, and I think you have to, or I'm giving up a major league player because both teams are trying to win, that's why I threw out a few weeks ago. And again, I'm not saying they would do it. I have no idea. Would Cleveland be intrigued since they they always try to win, even if they're losing guys? Would they be intrigued by Jeff McNeil for Shane Bieber? Shane Bieber is a free agent at the end of the year. He's not coming off a great year, so I'm not sure where his value is in terms of prospect return. And if you're Cleveland, you are trying to win. Now you get back a guy on a reasonable contract, a guy who signed long-term, and a guy you could stick anywhere. Jeff McNeil could be in the outfield. Jeff McNeil could be in the infield. And he won a batting title two seasons ago. Would I be open to a trade like that? I would. Major leaguer for major leaguer, sure. That's intriguing to me a hell of a lot more than giving up prospects in a newly built farm system for a guy who's a free agent at the end of the year. It doesn't mean I'm hoarding prospects. I'm open to trading prospects, but not for guys who are going to be free agents at the end of the year. That I'm not intrigued by. Corbin Burns, we talked about. If you can give up less because you're taking back a contract like Christian Yelich, great. Let's have a conversation. But what I don't want to see from this offseason, I'm not even worried about it because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think David Stearns will do this. I don't want to see them trade keys to this farm system for guys that are free agents at the end of the season. If the Chicago White Sox are really going to tear that apart, there are a a bunch of, a bunch, really there's two guys. Eloy Jimenez doesn't do it for me either, though I have a little bit of interest in him. It's Luis Robert Jr. and Dylan Cease. Let's go. Now let's have a conversation. Now let's dig in at making a deal and giving up prospects. But the first domino, the first one we're all focused on is Yamamoto. couple of quick things about that. He did get posted this week, 45-day window. We'll know by January 5th. We'll probably know earlier than that. I think as Met fans, what we need to see from this owner is the highest offer. If they make the highest offer to Yamamoto and he doesn't want to come here, whether it's the pinstripe allure whether it's the West Coast, whatever the reason is, if they make him the biggest offer and they don't get him, I think we'll be disappointed, sure. But I think we could at least walk away and say, all right, we got our billionaire owner and he's trying. You can't guarantee yourself every single free agent. What you can do is put yourself in position to acquire every single free agent by offering them the most amount of money. But you can't force someone to come to your team. 
So what I'm looking for in the Yamamoto sweepstakes is the highest offer. If Steve makes the highest offer, honestly, Medfan, what are we going to complain about? We're going to say it should have been higher? Is that really where we're going to go? If they offer him 205 and he signs for 197 with the Yankees, are we really going to scream, oh, it should have been 220? Because I think there comes a point where it just doesn't matter. Guy doesn't want to be here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now, none of us have any idea. Let's keep that in mind. I don't think any of these baseball insiders have any idea either. I think the only thing they know from sources, which I believe is who's interested. The Red Sox are interested. The Mets are interested. The Yankees are interested. Sure, because there are leaks all over. There are leaks from the organization. I don't know if Otani, Yamamoto, I don't know if they're leaking anything out. I mean, Otani's done a great job of not letting any information get out there to the point where there was a story, if you leak something about meetings, he'll hold it against you. Which leads me to think we should plant fake stories. <laughs> it's like it's like dirty politics. Wow, the Dodgers just met with Otani and piss him off. So the Yamamoto thing is a giant mystery. I think what concerns me is if they miss out on him. And who knows if they will? I mean, it's, it's a coin toss right now. We know they want him. Uh, I got an email, but the guy told me not to read it. He said it's private. So all I'll say is, the Mets are really efforting to get Yamamoto. They're pulling out all the stops. I'm sorry. The email starts with, unfortunately, this inside scoop cannot be shared on the podcast. So I'm not sharing it. I'm just saying in the content, if you read further, which I did, all I'll say is all you need to know, because I want to honor that email of you can't share anything on the podcast. That's fine. The only thing I will say is the Mets are really, really trying to get Yamamoto. Is that fair? All right. But if they don't, if they don't get him, make the highest offer, he wants to go to the West Coast. Make the highest offer, he wants to be a Yankee. Whatever the reason, he's not a New York Met. To quote Robert Sala, now what? And I think the now what is going to scare and turn off a lot of Met fans because I am convinced the now what isn't going to be what you want. Like, the now what is not going to be Blake Snell. The now what is not going to be Sonny Gray. I think the now what is going to be a major drop-off. And we're going to be talking about the Mets piecing together a rotation. Now, one of the other now what's is Shoto Imenaga. Let me pronounce his name right. Shota Imenaga, who is another Japanese pitcher. He's 30 years old. He had a good year last year. He's not as highly regarded as Yamamoto. But the thing about Shota is we don't know. We don't know. Mets bring him in. What's our reaction? Our reaction is going to be, I hope he's good. Now, hopefully he can be Senga. I mean, it's basically what you're thinking. But that could be the pivot. I don't think there are many major leaguers right now that they would pivot to. By the way, here's the information on Shota Imengaha. Imen, Imen, Imenaga. I apologize. We'll get it right if the Mets sign him. Trust me. First of all, he's a lefty. Start right there. He's a lefty. Last year, 
He threw 159 innings to a 266 ERA. 159 innings. The most innings he's ever thrown in a season is 170 back in 2019 with a 291 ERA. Very good Japanese numbers, a 296 ERA, but those numbers are not nearly as good as what Kodai Senga did and what Yamamoto's done. Like, just to give you perspective, so actually, I, I take that back. Senga's ERA in Japan was 259. So it's a little bit better, but not like far and away better. But is that the pivot? Is the pivot, okay, we missed that on Yamamoto. Let's go Shota Emanaga? Maybe. And how do we feel about that, Met fans? Because the truth is, what do we know about him other than what we see on baseball reference? It's the only thing we know. There's a few other international free agents to keep an eye on. There's a reliever named Wu Suk Go, who's 25 years old. That's a reliever, and the Mets could use that too. I think the mystery of the international player and why I think most of us lean towards the positive on it is that when you don't know something, there's the belief of maybe that guy can he be even better than we think. And Seng is a great definition of it because I don't think we thought in his rookie season Kodai was going to have a sub-3 ERA. Like, he kind of came over and was better than we thought. Now, we were intrigued by him because of the upside. I think that's why most of us wanted him. I know I wanted him. Pete wanted him. But he kind of gave you the upside. He gave you the, wow, that's pretty damn good. But when you look at the American starting pitchers or the major league starting pitchers, I shouldn't say American, major league starting pitchers, if they miss out on Yamamoto, where do you really want to go? Because I don't think they're going to the top end of the free agent market. And again, I don't necessarily know if they're going to go after the top end of the trade market when guys are free agents at the end of next season. Email the pod anytime. We love reading them and interacting with you. The Rico B at gmail.com. The Rico B at gmail.com. On the next Rico, obviously there could be some with breaking news. Always wait for a pop-up Rico based on breaking news. But we're going to focus on left field. We're going to do a deeper dive in the left field position because we looked at third base. How about left field? What the hell have the Mets gotten out of left field over the last bunch of years? And right now they've got a hole. Is their opening day left fielder on the roster? Is it DJ Stewart? Is it Jeff McNeil? Or is it somebody they're going to add in free agency or trade? Or is it going to be Brandon Nimmo with someone else playing center field? There's a lot to get into when it comes to left field. And we'll post that coming up over the weekend. And there could be more based on breaking news throughout this Thanksgiving holiday. We appreciate you listening and downloading. Again, the email is thericob at gmail.com. Have a very happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.